from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. 5th Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. TJ, I know we're supposed to transition to Florida State, but we spent most of the last 60 minutes talking about Alabama and how they're getting pummeled right now. You think this country has a lot of sympathy for them, Bill, after the last two decades? (laughs) Probably not. Um, Probably not. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I I think you got to – I hate to transition everything back to this, but you – you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I'd say it's a situation that doesn't happen often, right? How many times is, is a coach going to retire after a playoff run? And so for these people that are out there, I've seen Josh talking about it. Shout out the old guy that I stole his spot. But I've seen Josh talking about, oh, they need to change things. I don't know. I, I think that you're going to have one-off anomalies in the sport and – that's okay. You don't change entire rules. You don't change it. Now, does the sport need fixing in general? I mean, yes. But just because Alabama got the harsh end of this doesn't necessarily mean that we should just change the way we do things. How often are you going to have a coach of a very prominent roster retire in January? Like, that's just not – that's not something that's going to happen happen often, right? And so – for, for a one-off, I, I don't know that you need to change too much. I will tell you, Alabama was gifted a playoff spot that they didn't deserve. And if that wouldn't have happened, if, again, hate to take it back here, but if Florida State would have gotten in the playoff like they should have, and Saban would have retired in December when everyone else's rosters were wide open, and this wouldn't be the case. So it's a product of, of how good they were recruited. They've, it's a product of, of weird timing. But I don't know. I guess it isn't going to be something we see every single year because you're not going to have a, a roster that's that sought after with a coach retiring after the championships won. So, I don't know. Kind of, I mean, it stinks for them, but, again, 
they, they, they can handle it. They've had enough winning for the last two decades to, to be okay for the next week or so. Looking at 24-7, Florida State is up to number four in the transfer portal. They have made a significant run here. Boy, they uh, we were Florida State fans were complaining about it for a minute, Bill. And now, oh, when are they going to get going? And, and what's wrong? And has Mike Norvell lost it? And everything else. I think they have. I think like ten of their fourteen transfers, or ten of their fifty, are four stars. Um, their average is one of the best in the country, uh, up there with Ole Miss. And so, yeah, they're they're putting together. I mean, they they pulled four or five guys from Alabama. They. Pulled a, obviously the defensive end from from Georgia, Marvin Jones Jr., wide receiver from LSU. So they're certainly adding talent at, a, at an SEC level, and I believe every player but one came from the Power Five level as well. I guess it's not a Power Five anymore, but you know at least that group of teams. So yeah, they they are. I mean, they're certainly reloading, and I don't know if they're going to be on the same level that they were last year, but they they're going for it. Jim and Jupiter says, ask TJ what players he could see jumping in the portal once it opens again in April. He says, I think we perhaps could lose some receivers and offensive linemen that are not doing much. Yeah, there's about 300 wide receivers on the roster, so it wouldn't shock me to see one or two of those guys jump in. Um, I, I think there's a lot of DBs on the roster. They've recruited that position and then almost over-recruited it to an extent, so I think you could see some, maybe some older guys that kind of get passed up in the spring um, jump in. You know, I don't know. I don't like really like speculating on players because then you say it and then they, you know, these kids get all antsy on Twitter. But yeah, offensive line, I think, you know, you could see some some guys who just haven't developed there as well as you wanted maybe jump in. But they like to keep that room pretty stocked. But yeah, I think that's kind of where you're looking from. Wide receiver and DB, you've just got a ton of bodies. So that would kind of be my first guess at, at where you may see some guys jump in here or there. Is there much left for them to take now from the portal? Uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. I mean, you're seeing – I mean, if, if you see these big-time difference makers from Alabama jumping in right now, you know, I, I think that everybody knows that that offensive lineman's heading to Iowa. But, like, if he would have been open, I mean, you certainly grab guys like that. The safety downs that went in, I've, I've, a lot of people thought that would be Georgia. Then I saw some people saying they don't think it's going to be Georgia. I think you take a run at, like, elite, elite guys, like your Keon Coleman-type guys that, you know, may or may not enter. But outside of that, I think they're pretty, they're pretty happy with their haul. I don't think they have a ton of space left, but you can always make space for somebody that's, like, super elite. So I think they're pretty well wrapped up. Wouldn't be shocked if they took another linebacker in the spring window. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I think they're done. Taylor in Fayetteville, Georgia. Does TJ see a coaching gap in these transfer portal acquisitions where maybe there's some untapped potential Norvell can unlock? I mean, I think their track record proves that they're better than about anybody with it. You know, you look at guys that came in, like, with zero production. I think Trey Benson transferred in here and had, like, 22 yards. And then he goes for, all, you know, nearly back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He um, is is thought of as one of the top three running backs in the in the, uh, in the the draft. And, you know, obviously you look at Jared Verse and Kier Thomas and uh, Jermaine Johnson and, you know, Keon and Johnny Wilson. And, I mean, the list just goes on, right? And so – I think that the the proof of concept is there, you know. I think that guys kind of they, – they have something to sell. 
of, hey, come here and, and you're going to have a chance to not only win a lot of games, but tremendously improve your draft stock. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, Norvell, I, I think some people, you know, and obviously I think the way to win a championship is, is to be an elite high school recruiter, you know, year after year after year. But I don't think this is like a one and done. Like, I think Norvell is going to always supplement with the portal because of just what it can do for your roster. And you can really just put true difference makers on it at all times. And so, yeah, I think that he can sell that better than, honestly, anybody in the country. For all the, the gripe and, and grief that Florida State fans give him for uh, high school recruiting, you know, he's the best in the country when it comes to the portal. No Kev up in Chicago. Ask TJ, what is that new walk-on four-star quarterback like? Yeah, I, I, I think a kid that, like, you know, probably never sees significant action with, with who's around, but a kid that, you know, played at the Elite 11, you know, did some things fairly well his junior year in high school, didn't play a lot his senior year, transferred somewhere else with, with somebody that was a little bit better. Um, so, you know, but still a kid that's, I mean, shoot, highly rated, you know, high enough rated, four stars in the composite, you know, fills out your room a little bit, gives you a little bit more depth. Um, I, you know, I don't ever see him making a, a huge or meaningful impact, but fill out your room with a little bit more depth and you do it without wasting a scholarship and getting a four-star kid is, is not the worst way to do it. Sam Dog down in middle Georgia, what New Year's resolution does TJ wish Coach Norvell would make? <laughs> I wish he'd upgrade his linebacker coach uh, because recruiting <laughs> there just isn't very good. So, um I'm not saying he needs to fire anybody. If he could find a way to do that with the same guy and upgrade the recruiting there, then that that's fine too. But yeah, I think that I think that the staff recruits at a at a at a above average level. Um, you know, top ten class this year. I think that's really good. I think to win championships, they need to be in that top five pretty consistently. And I'm just not sure they can get there with this current staff. So, you know, but this staff does a really good job coaching and developing and, and, and you know, working that side of things. So, if, but if it was up to me, I mean, it's always coming down to players. So I, I would probably lean a little bit more upgrading some of the recruiting on the staff, not just at linebacker, but maybe at a few positions. Steve in Daytona Beach, is there a concern that Florida State gets hammered by the NCAA? Not at all puppet organization that we need to really stop listening to and, and really kind of like get away from. And maybe in the next couple of years when we make players employees and CBA stuff, like, you know, football will just move all the way out from the NCAA, and that will probably be the best for everybody. But, no, not really. The sanctions have come down. None of it a very big deal. You know, Atkins has to miss three games. I mean, shoot, the national champions got caught cheating twice this year, and their coach had to miss six. So, I, you know, it's Norvell's offense. I don't think Atkins not being there is a big deal. Scholarships don't matter as much in the day of NIL. So losing five of those, no big deal. So, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think that, you know, that, you know, it's unprecedented penalties, but then at the end of the day you look at, like, their real impact, and you're like, ah, it's not big. that's not that big of a deal. Um, so, nah, not too much. No, no real concern there. Also a request on the latest from Florida State exiting the league. Yeah, so the ACC filed yesterday a little amendment to their um, original complaint. I had an attorney on last night. Um, it's on the channel now, com on YouTube. And essentially just kind of sounds a little bit desperate. Like they're they're upset that uh, 
somebody on warchant.com gave you know you know did a freedom of information request in in the sunshine state you can request any documents that deal with a public entity and so they're they're complaining about that that florida state gave out the grant of rights even though like legally they have to and uh, there's just a bunch of stuff in there that, I don't know, the attorney that I had on is a Florida State grad, so take it with a grain of salt, seems kind of desperate. They, you know, I, and I think a lot of times with this stuff, you, you throw as much up against the wall to see what might stick, and that's certainly what they did last night. So we should have some kind of an update, like, within 30 days. Now, that won't be like a you won, you lost, or you're leaving type update, but we should have updates on, on what was filed last night on, uh, I think it's February 16th. Wasn't there some talk about them threatening withholding money this spring or something? I, I think there's questions around, like, what that exact – yeah, there, there's – some of their stuff could be interpreted as that. I don't think – I don't think they will because I think that would put them in breach of contract. But we'll see. I, I think a judge will tell us, like, what, what they can and can't do financially here in about 30 days. Double fries, no slaw, correct? Yes, sir. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. There he is, TJ. Coming up next, Dave Hooker off the Hook Sports. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. There were some flashing lights up there earlier north of town on 24 eastbound around OHB. Slowing down that traffic flow just a bit coming in from the Jolton area. It's pretty busy now as we check it out live on 24 westbound. I'm through the Hickory Hollow area coming out of Murfreesboro, uh, Rutherford County headed towards Nashville. A little bit of radar earlier. I-40 through certain parts of Wilson County. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The traditional first-year anniversary gift is paper. Yay! Envelopes. The traditional 10-year anniversary gift is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here? And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars. Now that's what I'm talking about. It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Attention business owners, WNSR has some exciting opportunities for your business to thrive in the dynamic world of sports radio advertising. As the proud home of some of your favorite sports teams like the Atlanta Braves, Memphis Grizzlies and more, we understand the power of sports in bringing people together and creating a passionate community. We believe that your business can become an integral part of this experience, reaching a diverse and engaged audience. Contact the WNSR sales team for an opportunity to discuss how Nashville's sports radio can elevate your brand to new heights. Whether you're interested in a specific sponsorship package or would like a customized solution, we are here to meet your advertising needs. Call 615-844-1039. 615-844-1039 or email saleswnsr at gmail.com. That's saleswnsr at gmail.com. 
Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. I don't believe Brable wants to be a part of this. And so I think Amy Adams Strunk decided, well, it's time to move on. I, you know, that was a gangster-like move to say, all right, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to employ somebody that doesn't want to be here. Goodbye. If they have another season like they did this mm-hmm. year, he's gone he's anyway. He's gone anyway. No, wherever he goes now, he's got four to five years. Yeah. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Nobody knows more about college football history than Bill King. Dave Hooker, off the hook sports. Thursdays joins us. Dave, the question that Vol fans are wanting to know about would be a left tackle by the name of Lance Hurd. Not new news there, transferring from LSU. Tennessee is considered the favorite, but the worry is the silence is deafening. Is is the silence deafening because he's um, not a big social media guy and dotting all his I's and crossing his T's, which um, there's some guys that were going to go to Ole Miss that are now going to Louisville that probably should have done that um, a little bit more. Um, is is he well thought out? Is, is, is he still deciding or is he making sure – that everything is promised to him at his prospective school, which is probably Tennessee, might be Oklahoma. Is, is he making sure everything's in place, which um, I think is the case. Uh, I believe that's the case, that he's making sure everything is, is settled in, in Knoxville and that's where he'll end up. You know, we go back to the Jaden Rashada incident in Florida where he showed up and the cash wasn't there. I don't think Tennessee would ever do that, but, I think that's a cautionary tale, and I think we've seen some guys uh, commit to Ole Miss and then end up at Louisville from Tennessee, so something happened there as well. So I believe he's taking his time, and he's a quiet social media guy, and he'll end up at Tennessee. Um, But, um, yeah, the longer it it lasts, the longer it goes on. If you're the favorite, uh, the more you're concerned, and I understand Tennessee fans' concerns. Yeah, and Dave, John Campbell is on Twitter working in a right tackle stance. That's all you need to know right there, right? That's all the proof you need. Yeah, and uh, that's that's it. That's all you need to know. 
You know, but they've done this the last two years with uh, Darnell Wright two years ago, and I thought that was crazy to flip him from left tackle to right tackle, and it worked, and they did that, and then they did it last year as well. So that that would be kind of par for the course, him working in a right tackle stance because they'll take their left tackle and they'll move them to uh, right tackle for for whatever reason. I'm I'm not sure, but it's worked, so I'm not going to question any longer. I did with Wright. But – um, yeah, I mean, that would seem to fit the trend of Tennessee the past couple of years of the way they've handled their tackles. Dave Hooker with us. Have you seen anything like what's happening to Alabama at the moment just getting hit hard in the portal? I don't think anybody in the history of football has seen anything like it because – you have a situation where you're losing a legend, and I actually wrote a column about this. If, if people want to uh, check it out, it's going to be up later today at, on offdogsports.com. And you, you are dealing with a situation of replacing a legend um, in an NIL transfer portal time that has never existed before, Bill. So these guys have committed to Nick Saban they've committed to becoming NFL stars which he makes them so you take a little bit less on the front end right um with your NIL money well Saban's gone so now you're playing the NIL game just like everybody else and to expect Alabama to know how to play it from the get when really they've just benefited from one player Jameer Gibbs for the most part um that they went out and got to fill a hole to think that you're going to be able to play a very complicated NIL game from right off the bat as soon as Saban walks out the door is is crazy. So, no, I've never seen anything like it, but we've never had a circumstance of the best, um, the best coach in our generation um, and also NIL and transfer portal. So it's, it's a totally different backdrop than replacing Paul Bear Bryant. You covered it there, but not only the best coach, but let's be specific. Also, you could argue the best head coach recruiter that this planet has seen. That's yeah, that's that's a great point too. Um, yeah, I, I covered Philip Fulmer closely, as you know, and I thought he was at the time uh, the best head coach recruiter uh, during his little run. Well, I think Saban amped it up a notch. You know, with, with Saban. Is is he the number one class or number two? I mean, that's pretty much where it's been right. the entire time that he's been there. So, um, no. Uh, and now that you think about it, I, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be the historian back into the '50s like my co-host Caleb Calhoun is, and he's fantastic. But I don't know that there's a better head coach recruiter in the history of college football. I mean, I'd be interested to ask you that, Bill. I mean. It's, has there, there been one? No. Not when you so combine all the skill sets. Recruiting, check. Development, check. Knowledge, check. Adapting, check. Remember, he didn't want to have to score 50 points a game. He wanted to give up 13 and score 28. And he decided, we're going to go, and we're going to start chucking it and scoring all these points. Adapting against his will. He does all of that. There, there's never been another coach close to him. And 
Dave, the other thing Alabama's finding out, as big a brand as that is, you could recruit to Alabama based on Nick Saban's name. That name sold the program without having to explain it. With all due respect to Coach DeBoer, and I think that's a good hire, that name doesn't sell the same. No. No, it doesn't sell at all. And I was curious to to ask you, just as strictly a recruiter as as a head coach, has there been any anybody better? I I don't no. think there has. No, and and Dave sustaining it. They were going to have a number one or number two class, probably number two class right now. Uh, and yeah, supposedly he was still taking phone calls in recruiting before he called yeah. up the the brass at Alabama and said, "Hey, I'm done." Taylor down in Fayetteville, Georgia, said lost in all of this Bama mass exodus could have been prevented by Saban if he would have set a clear retirement date and naming a coach and waiting on the staff. Well, I don't think they wanted anybody named on the staff, but but could there have been, Dave, any way to soften the blow by not having this to be some just – incredibly shocking moment. You and I know Chris Lowe. I've known Chris forever. You have too. And he knows Saban better than anybody. When he tweeted that, I didn't believe it. I thought Chris was wrong. I was stunned. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I believed him, but it wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised to see a retraction. Uh, here, Here's the thing to remember, okay? Who are you going to look out for? Bill, uh, not to put you on the spot, but your employer, or are you going to look out for the guys that have supported you that happen to be teenage or early 20-year-old guys? Um, you know, to, to me, I thought people that said he should look look out more for Alabama with the timing of his decision, like do it right after signing day or whatever, I that, that's the exact opposite of the guy he is. I mean, he's, he's the guy that's looking out for the players. He's the guy who wants to develop young men. Um, I, I'm not surprised at all by the timing uh, because now he gives those players an opportunity to do something different. He didn't fulfill his promise to be there for the four or five years they'd be there. So give them a chance to do something in the transfer portal. I actually thought that was the more altruistic thing to do as opposed to uh, try to hide this and, and maybe – leave at some other point that would help Alabama more than it would help uh, the players. I think he did the right thing by the players, and I, I give him kudos for that. Sam Dog asked this question earlier to T.J. Pittenger about Mike Norvell. He's asking it to you now. Mm-hmm. He says, Dave, what New Year's resolution does he hope Coach Heupel made? Not to go for it on fourth down with the lead on the road on your own end. How about that, which he did against Alabama? So I think – and he is, and he's told people behind closed doors that if he had that to do over, he probably wouldn't have um, been as aggressive. So, yeah, I think he's still a young coach. I think that you could pro- – be aggressive, be aggressive. Don't get me wrong. But you could probably dial it back at certain times in places like Tuscaloosa, couldn't you? Uh, especially when you have the lead. So, I mean, I would think that, and I think he's uh, continuing 
uh, to learn. But I would say that would be the one very specific resolution. I'm sure there are some bigger ones out there that uh, he, he may have packed up on his refrigerator. But that, to me, would be the one obvious, very specific one. If the two freshman receivers, Staley and Matthews, if they're among the best, will he play them or is he always going to stick with a veteran, even if the veteran is not as good? Well, I think he's going to be forced to play them if if they're one of the best three. And I think that he will be um, – I think that he'll be open to playing those guys. But once he settles on those three, I think that we've seen that those are the three guys. And I kind of like that personally. I thought when David Cutcliffe came back to the university um, in the mid-2000s, that it's one of the things that he did to Tennessee's offense that really helped is he he just kind of settled on three receivers. I think the whole rotating uh, a ton of receivers in there is a little bit insane um, and can be frenetic. Um, I like settling on three receivers, so if those guys prove that they're one of the top three receivers, then I think um, they'll play a lot. Uh, but if, if, they, if they're not, then it's going to be a long season for them because if you're the second receiver at – any of the positions, the slot or any of the outside positions, you don't you don't play a lot if you're not in the top three. Question here about Mike McIntyre. I think he got pushed back because of the weather. I think he wants to do a ceremony at Brentwood Academy, and if they're not in school, it would be a problem. But I do think, Dave, that Tennessee is still considered the fave. Yes, uh, I agree. I think that um, Tennessee's been kind of in the lead for McIntyre for uh, quite some time. And, you know, George George McIntyre's timing is probably a little bit better than um, Merklinger, uh, who they bring in this year, who's going to be right after Nico. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's the natural progression of things. And then, and then maybe it's Madden, EMA. I still struggle with that um, after him. But I think the timing works out for McIntyre. makes a whole lot of sense. And I think Tennessee's been in the lead there for, my gosh, um, a year. Um, I don't think that's stretching it to say so. So I'm sure he'll he'll have his ceremony, and I think Tennessee will be just fine with uh, McIntyre. Really quick here, Jared Curtis, who's a year behind McIntyre at Nashville Christians, ranked the number one player in the class of 26 in America. Just to right. tell you what, it's crazy around here. I mean, just nuts. And Tennessee knows they can't take both. Uh, Buckeyes are trending there. Wrigley Field Vault is Dalton Connect the best basketball player you've ever seen in a vault uniform? No. I mean, Bernard King? I mean, not well, even close. Now, I don't know how many people are that old, but I, I, right. I mean, come on. I was about I was about eight with Bernard King, but I'm a I am a big NBA fan, so I realized not for the injury he would have been one of the top players in NBA, NBA history. No I, I do firmly believe that. So I think it's the the debate starts with starts and ends with Bernard King. 
but I think now we're at the point with Dalton Connect where we've got to say, is he you see better than Allen Houston? Is it um, Dale Ellis? Whole, Dale Ellis. Uh, I think that's going to be a real debate. Uh, but starting with Allen Houston, I mean, he took a ton of shots. Dalton Connect doesn't take as many shots per game. Uh, Dalton Connect, um, I think, is a little bit better in getting uh, the ball to the rim, and I think he's better scoring on on drives. Um, Allen Houston didn't play a lick of defense. I'm not saying Connect's a, an incredible defender, but he's probably a little bit better now in Houston right. just by default being under Rick Barnes. So um, I, I look at this um, – I look at him as, right now, the best player since Allen Houston. But I will predict that by the end of the year, we'll, we'll talk about him being the best player since Bernard King. He's averaging over his last four something like 40. Is that right? Yeah. He's it's crazy. He's phenomenal. He reminds me, I'll throw this out there to you. I don't know if you're an NBA guy at all. Uh, he reminds me of Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Wow. Wow. Dave, Off the Hook Sports, that's where you can get all his information, his shows. I get a notice about his show every five minutes on Twitter. It's not hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need to dial that down. Nah, you're good, man. See you next week. Appreciate it, guys. There he is, Dave Hooker. Rusty, top of hour three. Good morning. Starting to build a little bit more so now on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County. Uh, Murphy Sprawl headed towards Davidson County. It's looking a little bit better now on 24 eastbound as you come past that Jolton exit that started to slow a little bit earlier. Still dangerous out here, folks, on some of these back roads, some of these side streets. Some of them are still covered with snow and ice. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging online at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now, J.B. Roofing is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by J.B. Roofing, serving the area for 20 years. For all your residential roofing needs, give the pros a call today at 629-246-7693. 629-246-7693. That's J.B. Roofing, going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to SkyRizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. 
your doctor today about SkyRizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's a Bill King show. This Nick Saban topic is so interesting. I was thinking about the future, the new teams that the SEC and the B1G are bringing in and the Big 12, the 12-team playoff, the lawlessness, the constant change. But now we enter the next playing portion without Nick Saban. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. The Bill King Show, more gravitating than the radio wave emission from a supermassive black hole. Call or text the show now at 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Charlie in America's Georgia says morning. Caleb Downs, Bill, shut down the Georgia deep passing game in the SEC championship. For anybody wondering why we couldn't move the football like we needed to, if he chooses Georgia in the portal, it will be a game changer for the dogs. Rusty at the top of the hour. Rusty Manziel, we're going to go right there. We are not going to tiptoe around. We're going right there. The overwhelming odds indicate he's going to Georgia. Now, in this environment, I do say let's always try and be uh, a little bit cautious, but there's no other evidence of another team than Georgia that I'm aware of. I understand Ohio State was a big player in his recruitment. Totally understand that. There is nothing that I can see that would indicate they're the recipient of his next move. If that's the case, we'll be here to talk about it. But you just took the team that's going to be the overwhelming favorite to win it all next year. And if indeed we are surmising this correct, added a superstar All-American to that defense. Don. Hey, Bill, remember the Bammers crowing when Harson would not be able to recruit the South? What is different with DeBoer? Well, I don't think we have any idea about his abilities here in the South. He's only been on the job a couple of days. And as much as I have 
propped up and complimented Auburn as a place where you can win. Auburn's a very attractive job. There is no brand like Alabama. And Coach DeBoer has that brand to sell. Now, you may say, well, fine, Bill, but 1979's Bear Bryant Championship, 1961 Bear Bryant Championship, 2009 Nicky Championship, his first one at Bama. What's that got to do with today? Well, those players don't know and don't, don't have memories of any of that. But there's nothing like the Alabama brand. And even though it's not Nick selling the brand, it's still very attractive. There's going to be some choppiness and some pains during this transition. The question is, how will Coach DeBoer mitigate this, smooth everything out, get them comfortably at 35,000 feet without turbulence? That's his job. And I think he's equipped to do the job. The question will always be, though, good hire. I totally like the hire. Does that mean I think he's going to start rattling off some national championships? That's a whole different topic. And as of right now, the answer is no. But as of right now, it's not fair to conclude that either. He's only been on the job literally a couple of days. Let's give him through this winter. Let's give him the spring. Let's give him August. Let's get them on the field. Let's see how they play. Let's see how they sift through the quarterbacks and the decision they make on who leads that team at quarterback. This spring, y'all, when we have that 15-day April next window for everybody, could be wild again. And again, this is a compressed 15-day window. Think about quarterbacks this spring that, due to reps or lack thereof, start figuring out, I'm probably not going to be the dude. There could be a bunch of different quarterbacks Players at any position back jumping in the portal. Keep your powder dry. Yeah, keep your powder dry. There is still dudes that have not jumped in there that come April. They could be wild. There are some that feel like this April, the portal could be a stampede that's pretty riveting. If you think about this lawless, vigilante environment we're in, it's possible. What about if if you're in the Alabama quarterback room? I could I could say this about any most any team, but but let's go Alabama again. And they come out of spring and they say, you know what, Dylan Lonergan's our quarterback, which from all indications are he's a very good. Prospect. What do you do if you're Julian Sagan? I mean, you may say, well, Billy's only been there a couple of months. What do you mean? Well, I I agree. I, but 
What do you do if you're Milrow? If you're Milrow, you got to go, I would think. What do you do if you're Ty Simpson? Now, Ty, Ty's made it very clear he loves it there. Georgia Dog says, Billy Downs' father was upset because Kirby did not offer his son Josh Downs a spot. That's why Caleb didn't choose Georgia. Not sure if that hate still exists. We'll bring it up with Rusty. All right, let's take the break. About 15 minutes, Rusty will be with us. They see Sherbert in hour three as well from the Bigsburg Omni Nashville Hotel. Morning, still a little bit of rubbernecking going on as they move a stalled car on 24 eastbound at OHB. That's north of town. Slowing down that traffic flow just a bit coming in from the Jolton area on 24 eastbound. Still moving right now over here by the airport on I-40 as you come through Hermitage, Donaldson. 24 still wants to get a little bit busy westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken hiring in all four locations. Order online anytime today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Well, I'm Greg Pogue. Welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Western Illinois and Moorhead 8 are tied at 3-0 atop the OVC men's standings after two weeks of league play. Moorhead State has won 9 of 10 with the only loss being a one-point loss at Indiana. Western Illinois has won 7 in a Southern Indiana is the only undefeated women's team in conference plays. The Screaming Eagles sit atop the standings at 4-0. Five other teams have just one loss. Little Rock's K.K. Robinson recorded the 24th double. Little Rock's K.K. Robinson recorded the 24th triple-double in OVC history last week and is one of only 17 Division I players with a triple-double this season. WIU's Drew Cisse had 17 rebounds in a game last week, the fourth time this season he has had 17 or more. He is one of three players nationally to do that four or more times this year. Tiger Booker of Eastern Illinois and Moorhead State's Jordan Lathan were both men's co-player and co-newcomer of the week. But Little Rock's Jalen Crocker Johnson was top freshman. Macy McGlone of Eastern Illinois and Southern Indiana's Vanessa Shafford were women's co-player of the week. While Little Rock's Leilani Wimbish-Gay was newcomer of the week. Reagan McCown at Western Illinois was top freshman. For complete information on this year's OVC Basketball Championships, presented by United Fidelity Bank, which will be March 6th through the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC basketball. You won't believe it until you OVC it. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. 
If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Hi, I'm Test Director Rick from ServPro, the leader in cleaning, restoration, and construction. It's my job to make sure our pros are prepared for anything. Storm damage? Fixed. Flood damage? We're on it. Fire damage? Not anymore. Aliens? What? Aliens? We cleaned those sites a while ago. No matter the disaster, our pros will make it like it never even happened. Find out why ServPro is the number one choice for residential and commercial restoration projects, large and small. Visit ServPro.com today. to know anything about college football consult with the encyclopedia bill tanica every morning Rusty Manziel coming up from on three. In that third hour, J.C. Sherbert, the big spur, and also Carolina Rise will be with us. Tomorrow, the schedule will look accordingly. We tape Kevin Hagan this morning. Take Kevin Hagan around 11, 11.15. If you have any questions for Kevin, just post them, and I'll relay to him this morning. Later when we're taping, Kevin will be with us. The angelic tones of Ole Miss Evie, Coach Pete, checking in. And hour three, all that gambling stuff with Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com. That's the lay of the land. Topwater Assassin in South Carolina. Bill, do you think Saban could have won even more? If he'd have gone to Southern Cal instead of Bama, just owning the whole state of California. Well, he would have won national championships out there. Without without question. Would he have won more? Well, now, let's just play this game. Does he take over for Pete Carroll? That's where baby Kiff was. but And there were, remember, sanctions and things that they had to go through. But baby Kiff had that team early on with Matt Barkley, at quarterback, where they were picked number one in the nation in the preseason. Most everybody had them number one. They were a colossal failure, did not come close to accomplishing that, but they did have a pretty attractive roster early on, despite all the shenanigans and NCAA mess that was going on. Would he have won? Yes, he would have won out there. He would have won big. Would he have won six natties in the span of 
Well, he won six national championships between 2009 and 2020. So in about 11, 12 years, he won 50% of all the national championships. It's hard to say that you could duplicate that anywhere, anytime. Also, who would be the coach at Alabama during that stretch? That wouldn't be anybody as good as Nick Saban. Remember, Rich Rod turned it down. What would they have done if Nick didn't take that job and reverse his original plan to stay in Miami? Thank God that didn't happen for Alabama. But, yes, he would have won championships. But would he have won more? No, I I think the odds are overwhelmingly you're not going to win more. Would he have won more than one? Probably would have won a couple at least. Think about it. you got Nick Saban at Southern Cal, a monster brand, resources, and you're in a state like that. Got to remember, Southern Cal can go anywhere when they're right. They can go anywhere they want. They can go into Southern Cal, Northern California. They can go into Texas. They can go into New Jersey. They can come down to Florida. They can go into Georgia. They can go get kids in Tennessee. I've seen them do all of that. They were doing that 35, 40 years ago. They were doing that when they had John Robinson. I always bring this up. Chip Banks, their linebacker in the late 70s, was from Augusta. He was 6'5", 230. He was an absolute beast. Absolute beast. They came in here one year and was was Baby Kiff the head coach or was he one of the assistants? And the number one ranked receiver in America was right here in Nashville out of good pasture. And I don't remember... Patton, do you – that might be a little bit before you. Patton, do you know who I'm talking about? I think that's a little bit before me. Yeah, but he was six five receiver out of Good Pasture, which is right here, private school. And they came and got him. Now, he didn't play that way there, but he was the number one ranked player at receiver. Golden Tate, maybe? No, Golden Tate was at John Paul, and he went to Notre Dame. Now, he was a good player. Matter of fact, Golden Tate was better than this kid, but was not ranked as high. Golden Tate was a heck of a player. No, I – somebody will correct me. But it was a young man in good pasture, and they came in here. I've seen him go everywhere and get, get dudes. They get dudes all over the planet. So, yes, he would have won big. No doubt about it. Patrick Turner. Do you remember that name, Patton Patrick Turner? No, I do now, yeah. Yeah, that's who that was. And he was he was decent, but he wasn't uh, the dominant player that people thought. Yeah, thanks to Clay for that. Clay saved me there again. Rusty Manziel on three. You want you want the truth? You're about to get it. Yeah. It's coming. Omni Nashville Hotel.
560 AM.